Strictly Baseball. I am Jacob Brown, joined here by Rory Tedimer. And this week is the very controversial top 10 shortstops list here on Rankum, where we've been ranking the top 10 at each position of Major League Baseball. If you want to know how we got the 10 players on, on each list, it's not my personal 10, it's not Rory's personal 10. It's a point system that we created and that I explained at the beginning of our top 10 catcher pod a few weeks ago. So go check that out and go check the rest of them out uh, if you if you want to see the rest of them. So we got top 10 shortstops for today. And the reason I say it's controversial, Roy, is because, again, this is a point system, you know, that we value certain things and, and, and we value 2022 in a certain way. We value 2021 in a certain way. And the other positions, it kind of came out like reasonably. I mean, there was definitely disagreements by both of us, but there, there was nothing like what the hell, except for maybe uh, Cabrian Hayes being as high as he was. But, you know, there's some on this list that are crazy. But before we get to the top 10 shortstops, uh, I, I want to talk about some spring training stuff uh, and some World Baseball Classic updates. The first stuff with the World Baseball Classic, we talked about Team USA and Dominican last week. Uh, and I, I don't remember what injuries or, or guys that we left out that were leaving, but not only is Nestor out for Team US, Kershaw's now out for Team US. And I tweeted out, you know, I looked at US and I said, that lineup looks amazing. I think they could definitely look, I mean, they still have a better lineup than Dominican, but at least you had Kershaw that could go up against Sandy, maybe. And now I don't see anyone on the U.S. side that can go up against Sandy. The only thing that helps everybody is the 65 pitch count, I think. But, uh, you know, what are you feeling spring training starting? Uh, you know, and what about the WBC stuff? Yeah, I think something that's slept on from the Dominican Republic team is uh, in their first in their first roster, you know, point out like way back, they had Emmanuel Classe. I don't see him on the list anymore. Hmm. He's no longer a reliever there, and he's I think he's the best reliever in the MLB. Uh, so them not having him uh, is, is huge, and, you know, that kind of slims their bullpen down. But either way, through and through, their pitching's better, and I think their bullpen's better. So U.S. is kind of screwed. You replaced Nestor and Clayton Kershaw with Kyle Freeland and Nick Martinez. Uh, Martinez already on the roster, but he was on the uh, <laughs> pool. So now you replaced him. He wasn't even good enough to stay in the rotation last year. And now he's yeah. going to go to place uh, and try and do this. So you're you're looking at you're looking at Lance Lynn, who's going to be your ace, just because of his name. Um, yeah. Brady Singer, Kyle Freeland, Nick Martinez, and uh, Adam Wainwright <clears throat> as well. And some and Merrill Kelly's also got to go in there uh, too. And also I'm seeing like Miles Michaelis. So I think they're just kind of like got like a bunch of starters and. If one of them stinks, which a few of them do, uh, I'm sure they'll just you know take them out. But yeah, know, definitely sucks losing Kershaw because I thought he would bring that veteran presence, and uh, even more so, I mean, losing Webb and Nestor as well, who easily would have been you know Webb I think would have been the ace, uh, and then Nestor would have been a nice you know just complimentary piece as well, a good two three. Um, but yeah, that sucks. And, uh, the, you know, the good thing is the offense has stayed strong. No one's leaving. And then I know you said today, uh, you know, the top four. I mean, that, that seems pretty good. Yeah, no, I listened to a podcast by uh, Chris Rose. He did the Chris Rose rotation, uh, almost hour-long interview with Mark DeRosa. 
was a great interview. Mark DeRosa went really in depth in the process that went into him getting the U.S. manager job, but he went through the lineup. He said, Turner leadoff, Betts two, Trout three, um, or maybe I'm wrong. I, I might have to look at the, text, at the text again, but he had Goldschmidt four. I think it, I think it was Betts two. I'm going to look back. Yeah, Turner, Betts, Trout, Goldie. So that's what he had it as. And and it was funny because they were talking about how he was like automatically in my head. It was like Turner automatic leadoff and Trout automatic three. But he's like, well, nowadays, last year for the Dodgers, Betts led off with Turner in the two. And then he's like, well, the best player now, you look at Judge and some other guys, they hit second now. That's like the new three spot. He's like, I'm going Turner one and Trout three. I love that. And he, but he said, he was like, I, you know, we talk about our pitching, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, him and Andy Pettit, who, by the way, Andy Pettit's the pitching coach and Ken Griffey Jr. is the uh, hitting coach, which is, I forgot about that. I mean, come on. Uh, I don't know why Ken Griffey's not managing, by the way, and it's not DeRosa doing something else now that I think about it. But, um, you know, he's like, how can you get through our lineup? I mean, one through nine. So, you know, the pitching can be the pitching, but it's also, I think people are forgetting, this is going to be the second week of March. Even if the pitch counts are 65, their teams might be saying, give them 30 pitches and they're out. I mean, it could be that way until maybe the championship. I mean, Sandy's going 65 through six innings. There's just no <laughs> Oh, God. He's going, he's going as much as he can, and they're just... Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> But yeah, it's still the lack of lefties in this USA lineup could prove crucial. Um, one lefty is going to be in there. Kyle Tucker? McNeil. Ew, stop it. Batting title. Would you stop? You stop where is he? it. Where is he? Is he nine? Is he a nine hole? Probably eight or nine, yeah. I mean, it's either him or JT, eight or nine. I don't want to put Kyle Tucker five, but to kind of split up the lineup, you got to put him there, right? Yeah. And then Arenado, and then Alonzo, and and then JT, and then McNeil. I mean, McNeil's got to be second leadoff. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, that's your lineup right there. If I'm making it, Turner, Betts, Trout, Goldie. You're going to have to throw Tucker there just to get the lefty. Uh, then Arenado, Alonzo, JT, and at the nine spot, Jeff McNeil. Yeah, that's it. Good that's lineup it. going through. I mean, JT is going to carry, so is Trey Turner, but – um, and then Schwarber, <laughs> Tim Anderson on the bench with Cedric Mullins. Yeah, hey, I mean Schwarber could be hot early on, and then you could smell you to uh, to Pete Alonso. So, um, <laughs> no, who knows what shape he's in either? So, um, I mean, a lot of way, a lot of ways you can go there. But either way, I mean, still the lefties is is tough. Actually, I guess McNeil, you know, him being a lefty is a little better. But I you never you know. know. Maybe they do platoon. I, I I don't know if you platoon a guy who won a batting tie. I, I just don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'd have to see his splits versus lefties. I should know that. But, uh, yeah, but as far as spring training buzz, there's been some arbitration stuff going on that's really controversial right now with Milwaukee. And I know my guy Jensen, he listens to these, um, and he's a Brewers fan. You know, Corbin Burns kind of just exposed the Brewers a little bit, kind of saying they went in there and were a little too harsh, I think. Some people say, okay, it's the business, Corbin. Every team does it. But some players are like, okay, we, we all know it's the business, but you don't have to do that. We, we get the point. We all know it's a business. Let's just go for the numbers. We don't have to go that deep 
I'm on, I'm always on the player side with this stuff. There's a way to do it. You don't have to publicly shame a guy. I mean, I forget which arbitration case I saw, but there was a former player who talked about it who basically said in his arbitration case, the team said, you're the reason why we lost in the playoffs. And that's why he got less, but it's like, they go brutal. Um, but well, it's, it's rough. Reason, yeah. He said he's the reason they didn't make the playoffs. Um, oh, which I, just think is, which I just think is nuts. Uh, the Brewer situation is amazing. And I'm shocked. More people don't talk about it. Uh, they're on thin ice. I mean, they somehow have three top 20 pitchers in my mind in Corbin Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. Uh, you know, when they're healthy, top 20. Yeah. And, you know, Corbin Burns, he could be top three. I think Woodruff's top 10. And obviously, I just think, you know, Peralta went healthy, top 20. Um, no offense, though. I mean, they lost it with Christian Yellick. He's, you know, just mediocre now. Uh, not not a needle mover. But no no real offense. And then another one here, Willie Adamas. But um, – <clears throat> They're on thin ice, and I think, you know, they could easily lose out on these pitchers, you know. When they were going into free agency, I always thought, I was like, hey, one of these, or not the free agency, but, uh, you know, just the thought of them being traded, uh, one of them could easily go, and they should, because if they're if they're already arguing about minuscule money on an arbitration deal, Corbin Burns is one foot out the door. They might not get anything when he hits free agency, and then all of a sudden, what, they're left, they're left with nothing. Uh, so he walks, and then they're gone. So at the trade deadline, if these Brewers are not in playoff contention, I'm selling. I'm selling hard. See you, see you Corbin Burns. I'm going to get all I can for you, um, and I'm going to, you know, get what I probably can for, uh, you know, Woodruff too, if they're thinking like their entire time is they got to go rebuild. So um, mm. Freddie Peralta is a little different because he was good in 2021, uh, or maybe it was 2020. Uh, but he was good when yeah, 21, and uh, then obviously was a bit shaky last year, was pretty injured, and, uh, you know, I don't think his ceiling is as high now, but they're in a they're in a tricky situation for sure, and it all starts because they got no offense. Yeah, the, and, and the thing is, it's like they probably will be in contention because the division is, you know, they got the Cardinals who are probably, you know, they're heavily favored right now, and then you got the Cubs who they've made additions and stuff like that, so – they're going to be in it. And so it's going to be tough to tell the fans halfway through, we might have to just tear this apart. It's almost like you might want to do it before the season starts to almost damage control. Cause it's like, you have to do it after this happens. I feel like, I mean, you, there's no way Burns is staying. They made the wrong contract decision with Yelich. So it's uh it's a little complicated. Yeah. No, I mean, the Cubs could be the best division and uh, best team in that division. <laughs> 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 But uh, either way, I mean, I the Cubs, the Cardinals could just go on and, you know, just come out hot out the gate. You know, I feel like they're going to team that's got a lot to prove. Um, still, I'm worried about their pitching, but it's their division to lose, no doubt about it. Uh, we were talking earlier, playoffs shouldn't change. The teams are going to be the same teams they were uh, this year, barring anything, uh, you know, drastic happening. Like, as if Verlander or Scherzer get injured right away, then you could see the Mets fall out or obviously injuries, you know, happen all the time. You know, maybe something happens with the Phils. God bless. Hopefully not, not, but um, yeah, it's, it's pretty, you know, case closed for the NL, I would say. Um, and I don't think that I could easily see the Brewers not contending right away. I mean, who do they have outside of Adamas and Yelich? Well, Yelich is a league average. I mean, technically, uh, Telez is better, 
based off the last two seasons, I think Telez has been the better. Maybe not this season. Definitely off last year, I think Telez was better. They got Winker? Yeah, they got Winker and then uh, William Contreras. Oh, they did get Contreras. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah he's decent. Yeah, no, he's decent for sure. Yeah, they could. They would need they would need Contreras to you know do it again. They need Winker to get back up there, and they need Yelich to you know get just even a little bit above average, right? What was he? Two fifty? See two fifty right now? Yeah. You get him two sixty, two seventy. You're feeling good. Yeah, it's just the powers. It's just amazing where that went. Amazing. He's one of those guys where like, I hate talking ill on a guy, but I feel like something had to have been going on there. I mean, I don't, it, it's it's like huh. Let me give you this. Who would you rather? Obviously, two has-beens now um, trying to prove themselves back. Cody Yelich or, I mean, Cody Bellinger, <laughs> Christian Yelich. Who, you, who would you rather have? I mean, Yelich. I mean, Yelich has been better the last two seasons. I mean, Bell, Bellinger's been rough with the average, so I, I just don't know about that going in. But the shifts, the shifts could change everything. I mean, I keep seeing all these former players, they're asked, what's the biggest thing that you think is going to impact play? They're saying the shift, and it's interesting because Trevor Plouffe just did a podcast with James Loney today. James Loney, uh, remember that name? Wow. Yeah, yeah. They, they're actually good friends. They said they play tennis and uh, and and golf together all the time. But um, they were talking about the shift, and apparently, which this is really good, uh, you cannot shade up the middle with the shift. Some people thought there was going to be a pizza slice type deal to where, you know, oh, you have to stay on the left side of the infield or the right side of the infield, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, you could shade almost, you know, you're talking about where second base is, you could almost be on that center line, which is still essentially playing up the middle. No, you cannot do that. Uh, they want you in the traditional shortstop, and they also don't want you to be able to run over to that. So they don't want you to be able to have, so say the pitcher starts his windup and then the shortstop starts sprinting up the middle as the pitch is going in. They don't want that either. Um, so I like that. So that means like up the middle hits are actually back or else eliminating shifts would have almost been pointless. If you had that shading up the middle factor still there, wouldn't have been direct like it used to be, but it's still basically up the middle. Yeah. No, for sure. That makes a uh, makes a little bit more sense. Um, I'm interested to see how they, you know, put that into play. I mean, what's going to be the first play that's just controversial? Where they're like, "No, you you were standing, you were a foot inside here. You get out of here." Um, yeah. I, something's gonna big's gonna happen, and you already know something big's gonna happen, like in like a playoff game too. It's gonna it's gonna go down that way, probably against yeah. the Mets. I'm sure they'll cry about something, uh, you know, just like that. Uh, but you know something definitely will happen. Either way, I mean, let's get on to the shortstop list. I keep looking at it, and it's uh... yeah. No, the first, only thing I'll say beforehand is is about the Yankees in spring training right now. And uh, right, Aaron Boone came out. First of all, really odd rumor. They said, according to Joel Sherman, the Yankees are considering playing Judge and left at times so that Stanton can play right because technically, right now they don't have a left fielder. It's either Oswaldo Cabrera, the young kid who. Came up last year at a one dot OPS in September. Switch hitter, twenty three years old, great power in the minor leagues, but he's a super utility type guy, mainly an infielder. So they want him to be that guy. 
and maybe that I guess sometimes they'll put Judge in left, which he's never done before because Stanton is not a guy who can go play left field, especially at Yankee Stadium. Needs to be playing the easier right field. We'll see how that works out. But the main thing that I was disappointed at was that right now Josh Donaldson's the starting third baseman for the Yankees, and it is not DJ LeMayhew. And I, I don't understand that before LeMayhew got injured, he had a 130 weighted drunk creative plus. We just did our top 10 third base. He's on the top 10, undeniably so. His DRS was the same as Josh Donaldson's this season overall at seven. If you take overall DRS, so you wouldn't even be losing anything defensively. You know, they talk about Donaldson being a whiz last year defensively, but LeMayu's clearly the bat. And who's the leadoff hitter if LeMayu doesn't play? Glaber, who doesn't get on base? Is it Bader, who doesn't get on base? I get it. He steals back. He doesn't get on base. So really confusing. I, I don't think it's to flex Donaldson for a trade chip because he's untradeable. Um, but it's unreal. It's just because he's worth $25 million and uh, they got to say it's worth it. And, and they got to make sure that it works before they cut him, I guess, instead of just cutting them like they should. But yeah, let's move on to the top 10 shortstops. And uh, I'm just going to break this one because this is the most controversial one we have had by far. I will say we both disagree at number 10 with the it factor, only getting 4.5 points. Corey Seager from the Texas Rangers, a mean positional value of 8.7. So Seager well behind that based off of his 2022 if you look at his season, and again, I have him way higher, World Series champ, World Series MVP, right? That's why he gets the it factor. But 245, 33 bombs, 83 ribbies, 317 on base. So he suffers from the average. He suffers from the OBP. Low WOBA, low weighted drunk created plus of 117 comparatively to the rest of the list. And his defense isn't that great. Minus 3 DRS, 4 OAA. That's good. Um, but overall, an average year. And he gets the benefit of the doubt from last year where he was spectacular. So, um, yeah, I don't know what to think of that. He's obviously not 10. No, definitely not. I mean, he was a uh, fantasy. He's number four. Uh, he was number four last season. Um, obviously, yeah. and, you know, a lot of seasons, but um, no, definitely not. Definitely not number 10. Uh, a lot of people up here that I would definitely have. Eh, not definitely, but I would have under him. Uh, for sure, you know, 33 bombs this year, 83 RBIs. You know, he was also on a pretty mediocre uh, offense right. there on the Rangers. So, I mean, that's really good. Positive OAA, which is nice to see. Um, I definitely do not think he's number 10 at all. And I'm I, he's got 15 stolen bases. What is our stolen base thing? Actually, he might <laughs> he might gain a point right now. What it, Some what of these guys – some of these guys, I will say that stolen bases mm -hmm. is one thing I forget with some of these guys because I don't associate it with them. Let me see. So he gets another point and a half. So that's five. That's six. So now, now Tim Anderson of the Chicago White Sox is number 10. Seager is number nine. So a little bit better. Seager now with a value of six instead of a 4.5, and Tim Anderson has a 5.5. That's better, but still, Seager's not 9. Yeah, no. And you could justify you could justify Anderson at 10, even though I think he's the swaggiest player in the MLB. 
Um, you could justify him at 10 for sure. He was uh, injured this year. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he was injured this year. I mean, wait, other than that, other than that, he's hit 300 in the last four seasons. Yeah. Wait, no, he's not 10. Willie Adams is 10. I agree. Yeah, that's nuts. <laughs> that's nuts. Okay. Wait, well, I, I don't agree. I, I think, I think personally, to... personally, I think Pena's 10. How many bags does uh, Anderson have? Does he steal bags? Not enough last year. I mean, he played 79 games. I don't even know. I'm going to his uh, career stats. What, it had, to yeah. be, it had to be last season? Yeah. God, he had 10 still. <laughs> so. Oh, wait, no, he had he had zero. I was looking at 2016, my bad. Okay, yep, yeah, okay. So, you yeah, know, but the one thing that he always gets knocked oh, he had, on. He had 13. I'm, I'm all over the place. He had 13. Oh yeah, I did count it. I did count it because it's on the uh, stat line. So we're we're good there because I associate that with him because I know he's a base stealer. But uh, yeah, I mean he had eighteen. He had eighteen and and uh, way more games. So he was on track to steal way more, yeah. which is crazy. But the one thing that he gets knocked on, and and this is why Woba sometimes. And this is why I like other stats. This is why I value batting average still. All you stat heads, because. 339 OBP gets knocked for that, even though he hits 300. He had a 309 average last year in 2021, but a 338 OBP that's only, you know, 19 points over your average. That's not good for anybody else. Like, obviously, if you're hitting 250 and then you have a 269 OBP, that's terrible. So that's why he gets knocked in those areas. But that doesn't mean he, I mean, you hit 300 every damn year with the power and the stolen bases. That's great. But he also has bad defense, and so uh, uh, for 2022 at least, he was negative in both categories. Other years, he's positive, but slightly. So I, I still love Tim Anderson, and like you said, the swag factor from him, I, I love him at shortstop. I like Tim Anderson. Yeah, no, he does have the swag factor. Almost enough for me to give him the it if it was just based off of who I'd trust in Game 7. Um, but yeah, no, you're. I mean, you're absolutely right. The, the 300 and then... I hate the lack of RBIs. 61 RBIs in a full one. Even then, you got to look. Only 123 games. That's the most he's played in the last four years. Yeah. Yeah, maybe he is down there. I, I still, he's probably nine, um, given everyone else on this list. I mean, shortstop's the most stacked list, if not uh, maybe right field. I don't know. This in first base. Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> I don't know. You can go either way. I, I definitely, I mean, if I put one of my favorite players at number nine, that would make sense, Tim Anderson. So, Yeah, I mean, personally, I have Anderson at eight, Adamas nine, Pena ten. Um, but we'll get to mine later. Uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not, again, people will say, oh, yeah, you hate the Astros. It's really not that. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it later, though. At number eight, from the Milwaukee Brewers, six and a half points. Uh, and and by the way, I, I am sorry that because of the error this week, you didn't get to announce a number nine. So we'll give you like the next three in a row in exchange. So you get seven, six, and five. Uh, three times three is nine. But uh, yeah, n- number eight, Willie Adamas <laughs> uh, at number eight. Uh, this is a guy that goes pretty underrated, to be honest with you. 238 is why the average is up, up, down, up, down. Usually he's around 250. This was the lowest. But he's a bad OBP guy too. 298 OBP with the 238 average. 
He gets knocked for that. He's only a 109 weighted run created plus, but 31 bombs, 98 RBIs, and great defense. 9 DRS, 10 OAA. He vastly improved over his entire career. He actually hasn't been that good since he was with the Rays in 2019, where he was pretty much around where he was in 22. So Adamas, good defense, 30-100. I'll take the deficiencies with the, with those numbers. Yeah, dude. I mean, even then, 31 bombs and 98 RBIs on an offense that we say is like stinks in the Brewers. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. You know, you compare it directly to Bo Bichette, who's on an offense that, offense that everyone thinks is good. And in 139 games, 98 RBIs for Willie Adamas. In 159, 20 more games, 93 RBIs for Bo Bichette. Um, yeah. That's kind of nuts. In, in a good offense, too. That's yep. uh, that's crazy. And Bobachet's DRS is, ugh. I mean, <laughs> yeah. yikes. Yep. <laughs> yikes. Either way, back to Adamas. Definitely an underrated player. Um, but, yeah, good good trade for them. Who did the uh, who did the Rays get back? Even now? Wow. That's a good they question. Just, they just kind of, like, just gave it to him, I remember, because they have Franco coming up. Um, yeah. Kind of just gave him away, and he ended up being a really good player, especially in that first season that he had with the Brewers. Uh, he had some pretty magical moments that got them in the playoffs. So, uh, where where's Steve Cashin when you need him? No, but they. Uh, oh wow, it was for Trevor Richards, who they offed later. Yeah. JP Fireisen, who they just lost to the Dodgers, yeah. who had a really good run for them, and yeah. and Drew Rasmussen. Wait, a pretty decent trade there. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a good one. Drew Rasmussen's good. JB Fireisen was really good for them. Trevor Richards stinks, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's a good trade. That's one of those trades where you're like, I don't know, they kind of benefited both teams. Obviously now it's like Milwaukee's got one of their better offensive players uh, from it. So uh, a, guy, a guy that's not going to move the needle. And it's definitely not going to be ever regarded as one of the top shortstops, especially with all these other players playing. But uh, I would definitely, you know, rightfully put him in the top 10. And I think I had him at 10. Um, so that's that's good. All right. So uh, give us seven. All right. Seven. Let's uh, let's lead right into it. Um, Jeremy Pena. I mean, a guy that you're, you're sleeping on, but he does come in at seven on our list with seven and a half points. That's plus the it factor. Obviously won the World Series this year and was the MVP, uh, an absolute dog against the Phils. A guy that I had on my fantasy roster, and he wasn't doing well in the beginning of the season. I dropped him, and uh, you know he ended up you know being filled with that after that. So uh, a stud for sure, stud for sure. Um, Two fifty three average is uh, you know yeah, not the best. Twenty two home runs in his first season. I mean, you can't complain. 63 RBIs. He wasn't near the top of the order, I don't think, for them. Uh, so, I mean, that's pretty good down where he was. Uh, 289 OBP is where you kind of see the terribleness. Uh, that's that's not good at all. But 11 stolen bases, 16 DRS, so a good defender there and a young one at that. Um, he got the gold glove? No, I mean, he had 19 errors, which was weird. I don't know. He had the... Who got the gold glove for shortstop? It wasn't him. He won Rookie of the Year, right? That's Pena, yeah. yeah. That's what um, I don't even know. Correa? Correa, did Correa win the gold glove? No shot. No. AL gold glove. 
You know, it, it's. I feel like they're so player biased now too that they just vote. I know. Yeah, I'll have to look at that. But uh, you know, yeah, but Pena, you just let, read out the stats. I mean, I don't know. I mean, he, he was. I hate the OBP, but I, I look at it this way: if Oswald Peraza comes in this year as the rookie Yankee shortstop and puts up this exact same season, I would love it. He did? Harry Pena won gold glove. Wow. So th- that tells you, like, you know, everyone be like, 19 errors, 16 DRS, 5 OAA. That's great. Yeah. Yeah, and, and by the way, better defensive shortstop than uh, Carlos Correa. But, um, yeah. Um, sidebar, sidebar. Tell me who won the third base gold glove. In the AL? In the AL. Was it Chapman? Nope. On the, Orioles. Give on the Orioles. Well, it couldn't have been Gunner at the time. Nope. Ramon Urias. Ramon Urias? No yeah. way. Yikes. You say it's a name tag. I've never heard of that guy in my life. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know him, obviously, Yankees. You play him 19 times, but oh, my God. Well, I just dissed people for putting in guys that, like, they know, but yeah. that's, that's a good pick right there. But yeah, Pena won dot OPS in the playoffs. You can't deny that. That's the it factor. World Series MVP. You gotta give it to him. Like I said, if Yankee shortstop Oswald Peraza walks in his rookie year and does that, especially the playoff has the exact same season, I'll be like, holy crap! Like we got a good one. But I'd still put him at ten. So it's not on my personal list. So you got to do it again, and you got to improve on the OBP. And there's a lot of promise. And it, it's so I'm not denying anything about him. It's just it's such a great list and guys with pedigrees at a, at a position where there's so many good people. You have to respect pedigree in my opinion, uh, but that's number seven. Give us six. Yeah. Coming in at number six, the guy I already hinted at uh, who I really just think is beyond overrated and we'll get into it. Uh, Bo Bichette of the Toronto Blue Jays coming in two points higher then Jeremy Pena, and he's where he gets over the mean average. So shortstop over the mean average at number six, uh, Bo Bichette. And a guy that's, you know, he's there. For sure he's there. You know, he's got some good stats. Uh, 159 games, almost playing every single game. 290 average. Uh, you know, probably sitting around 25 home runs, you know, every season from here on out, 24 this year. Uh, and he's getting, you know, sniffing 100 RBIs uh, in that good offense. 333 OBP. Uh, just great stuff. 13 stolen bases, also good. Where do you get the kicker? Negative 16 DRS uh, and a negative 7 OAA. A uh, little bit of throw up in my mouth just reading that. And I cannot believe that holds true. Uh, I hear I hear all the time about how people remark on this guy, and I just I don't get it really because people think he has swagger. I think he's got some terrible swag. Uh there's a guy I'd – I mean, he's good. He's good for them and for sure a solid player. He's definitely top 10. Um, I don't know if I could justify Tim Anderson over him. Yeah. But he's definitely there, and that DRS should keep him down. I don't know how he – I don't know how he's still got nine and a half. Yeah, he gets the 290, the 24 <laughs> bombs, the 93 ribs, and um, the weighted drum created plus was high enough. The, the OPS over 800. Then he gets the stolen bases with 13. So it's like, and then he gets the points from last year uh, backing it up. So it's, 
you know, that's where he gets it, but he is overrated. There's no doubt about it. Step one, cut the hair. Step two. You're right. It isn't good. No. It's just long. My buddy, my buddy and Emerson has the exact same hair. (laughs) Yeah, no, not cool. But, uh, yeah, negative 16 DR. I mean, he can't throw the ball to first. It's been a pretty airmails a lot. It's not good. So he's got to improve there. And uh, it's interesting because they put Whit Merrifield at second now, who's known for his defense, and Chapman at third next to him. They got to help him. And, and notice, by the way, I, I actually just thought of this. I so We said on the third base pod, how did Chapman's defensive stats go so down? He probably had to cover ground for Bichette and, yeah. and went down because of it. I did not know Bichette was that bad defensively until right now. Um, yeah. That, that's really bad, dude. Negative 16, that's almost hard to do. That's almost hard to do. I know you say all the time your brother should go play shortstop for the Florida City Owls. I think he could do better than a negative 16 DLS. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Clip that incentive. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... <laughs> Yeah, he also told me, he's like, uh, tell Rory to fuck off before the pod. <laughs> Is he still upset I, I didn't like his golf swing as much? Maybe, <laughs> maybe. That was hilarious. That was hilarious. But, uh, yeah, no, I mean, Bichette, work on it. Work on it. But, um, all right, I will give us number five because you hate this team, and then you can get number four. Uh, but number five, coming in with ten points. The New York Mets, Francisco Lindor. I think this underrates him. I have him a little. Actually, I don't. I have him at number five on my personal list as well. So this is right where I have him. Uh, 270, 26 bombs, 107 RBIs. Love it. This is a guy that if you've listened to the pod for a long time, back when Steve and I were doing these uh, a few years ago, I was all over Lindor being overrated. He had a really overrated 2020. He had a really overrated 2021. He was barely above league average. He kind of was the Cattell Marte for me almost for the last two years where I was like, it's not there. You got to get back to where you were. And he did it. I mean, he had a fantastic season, 16 steals. The DRS is negative somehow, but the OAA all the way up at 13. We know he makes spectacular plays. Um, The OPS almost at 800 at 788. Weighted drunk created plus jumping from 103 to 127. So uh, I he had a great year and he played 161 games on a, on a good team. So switch hitter, full package. Yeah, and he's a guy I hate looking at too. I mean, you're going to see that with all the Mets. Um, 270 is a big improvement from where he was because I also, you know, right on the money thought he was way overrated. I think he probably still is for what he's getting paid for the Mets because um, I don't think he's a needle mover. By any means, I don't think he's the guy that's moving my franchise over just with his signing. Uh, but 170 RBIs, obviously a good team. Uh, 26 bombs is the key there. That's very good for a shortstop. Um, 16 stolen bases, also nice to see. Where where does he rank in this OPS? 788 OPS is kind of sickening. I mean, maybe I'm just used to. Yeah, so, I mean, that's uh, definitely lower than the top three that I would have. Um, but yeah, so I mean, it's, it's worse than Bichette. It's better than Dansby, better than Seager. Worse and than, worse than Bogarts, Correa, and Turner, who I would, you know, are just top yeah. three. Uh, 
So definitely doesn't belong in the top three. And, uh, you know, I, I love OPS. I know you don't cherish it as much as I do. Um, but that's I like OPS. I didn't know if you didn't. like. I don't know if you liked it as much as I did because I do like it. Um, yeah. But, again, I'll say it. I mean, he's just not a guy that's moving the needle for me. And, obviously, he hasn't done it for the Mets because, you know, they're not World Series champions when they think they are every year. Uh, but it's a guy, you know, I have to respect and put him in the top five. Uh, just because, you know, I'm not an idiot. So he has it. He is at number 10. And I'm interesting, you know, how you're going to divide this too. I like the way you did it because, you know, the Mets are my least favorite team, but also at number 10, Dansby Swanson of the Chicago Cubs. Tough one before uh, because he was a brave, but now I will give him his respect um, as he is a Chicago Cub. Uh, pretty good team there. <laughs> 162 games played, 277 average. Uh, 25 bombs, 96 RBIs. Again, you know, playing for a really good offensive team in the Atlanta Braves. Was he lead off for them the whole season? No. No, he wasn't. Uh, Didn't Acuna lead off? Did he? He must have, actually, yeah. He's penciled in there now. Maybe. Maybe. Either way, I mean, the spot where you're going to really get him, 9 DRS and 20 OAA. Beyond amazing. We know he's been great with his glove ever since college. Just a silky smooth guy with some swagger there. Uh, you don't have him in your top 10. You have him at number six. Uh, but he is coming in at four here. And uh, I, I would say rightfully so. But would I put him over Lindor? Yes, because Lindor's on that. But. Yeah, the, the reason I put him at four, him and Lindor both had 10 points because Dansby won a championship. And yeah. so because I didn't give him the it, I was I was like, I'm going to give him the uh, – because he won a championship. I, I the, the reason I don't – what was that? You could just give him the it, but yeah, I agree. He pretty, are you saying about it? All right, well, let's just do it because like, people are going to come at me for that, and, and it's like how could I not when I give other guys? So, yeah, 11 with the it, that gives a differentiator there. I did it anyway. So, yeah, I mean, he was the shortstop on a championship team through the final out. It, it's Now that I'm talking it out, you know, sometimes you do it yourself. and uh, But, yeah, no, no, great player. I just think as a hitter he's overrated. With the one sixteen wage on creative plus, you know maybe I'm too hung up on that, but he's never been higher. That was his highest wage on creative plus year before he was below league average at ninety eight. So it, it, maybe contract year syndrome. I don't know. I mean three eleven OBP in twenty twenty one. I don't know. So we'll see. Yeah. No. I mean uh, the, I, the the top three. You're not cracking if you're Lindor or Dansby or. Seager. Oh yeah, the guys are these other guys are in a league of their own. Uh, I consider them probably all needle movers. Um, we'll see. I mean, Bogarts is what I'm least least sold on, but maybe he is. I don't. Maybe I'm just really sleeping on him. But uh, yeah, you want to take three? All right, number three with the it factor from the Minnesota Twins remaining with the Minnesota Twins, Carlos Correa, and. Here's a guy that I, I love his stat line here because when he went on TBS and he talked like a nerd just like me and he talked about advanced stats, he leads as a shortstop in all of them or his top two in all of them except for Woba. I mean, Bogarts had a 363 Woba. 
Correa to 362, and then Correa had the highest weighted run created plus at a 140 out of all the shortstops. The defense was better than Turner at DRS, but worse in OAA, and he was worse in both defensive categories over Bogarts, which would probably surprise people. And Bogarts was also a better defender than Turner last year. This would also surprise people because historically, Bogarts is not a good defender. And we'll get to that when we get to him. Um, And this is why 2022 being heavily relied upon, we can have our disagreements with how the list pans out. But Correa, 136 games to the 64 RBIs. That's low. The the Twins didn't score a lot of runs, but Buxton was out. All the, he, he, then he doesn't play 100 games. Jorge Polanco was injured all year. Max Kepler had a terrible year. Where is he getting the runs from? Luis Arise getting singles? So, I don't know. Uh, there was no run production there for him, but he hit 291. He's still at 22 home runs playing at target field. Uh, 834 OPS, which is the highest OPS of any shortstop this year. And uh, so I think he's still there. And the thing is the ankle and the blah, blah, blah. We're not going to talk about that here. But right now, we have him at three on this list. I have him personally at two. What do you think? I have him personally at two. Uh, A guy that's – if the Phillies didn't get Trey Turner, I was hoping they would get Correa. Um, And that was with Bogarts also there. So all three of these guys were free agents this year. Um, And, you know, I was hoping it was – for me it was Turner, Correa, Bogarts. And that's how really my list is going to play. But, no, he's a guy that's swaggy, you know, a guy that's clutch. And, you know, he's going to do it for you when he is on a good team. Obviously, you just mentioned it, uh, you know, pretty up. Terrible offensive uh, season there for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, but he's still, you know, doing an 834 OPS, just a lot of, you know, extra base hits, kind of just killing it for that team. And uh, obviously the the defense slacked, and I wonder why. Um, who was their third baseman? They, they have a lot of movement there. That's the thing. So, I mean, he had Bregman before. If I go back, what was Bregman? Bregman is negative four DRS. Uh, I mean, so he went down 20 DRS to a 3 DRS in 2021 to 2022. Uh, that's a big jump. And obviously, what, they got Urshela there now. Um, no, Gio's gone. Gio's gone? Who's He's their the guy? Angel. Who's their guy? They, uh, uh, apparently, they're going with – yeah, I think they're going with with uh, Miranda, their young kid. All right, so he might not be helped with that. I got no idea. I don't know who that is, but um, – Either way, big jump from from where he was, so that's a little concerning. But still, a guy that you know I have personally at two, and uh, I think MLB had him at one, right? Or no, do they have Turner at one? Oh, I forget what they had. Yeah. Either way, yeah. they had him. They had him one or two, and uh, you know, rightfully so. All right, take two. All right, number two, and this is the terrible one because uh, we both have him at number one. It's going to be Trey Turner of the Philadelphia Phillies, the newly acquired Philadelphia Philly. Uh, 12 and a half points with the it factor, won a championship with the Nationals. That's where he's getting that. Uh, I mean, talk about a player that does it all. Uh, a little a little slow defensively, a negative one DRS and a zero OAA. Uh, a little mediocre on that end. But other than that, guy that hits for average, 298. Guy that hits bombs, 21 homers. Uh, RBIs, 100 RBIs. Uh, 343 OBP. You got to love to see that 809 OPS. 
and then on top of it, steals bags. 27 stolen bases, only going to go up this year with the new rules. Um, in the 160 games, split between the Nationals and the – was he fully Dodgers this year? Yeah. Okay, so so fully Dodgers then, and then uh, Nationals was 2021. But um, still, I mean, I have him at one. You have him at one. I think he's the best shortstop in the game. Uh, bias aside, I mean, I would have had that. I would have had that before anyway. And 2021, even better, 328 with 28 bombs, uh, playing for a little worse offensive team, 77 RBIs, um, 911 OPS. Get out of here. 982 OPS in 2020. Um, oh. Which is just astonishing. <laughs> Did they compete in 2020? I don't. I don't think so. No. Yeah, that was after the World Series, and the. the I don't think so. Wow. That's wow. No, but yeah, I mean, he's number one for me. I mean, he, he does everything. I mean, Steve, the stolen bases is what really just when you're picking between these three players. And so close. And then I have one guy who's going to steal me 27. And like you said, with the new rules, it's going to be even more. And um, uh, he's just a fantastic player. There's no, there's nothing more you could say about him. Trey Turner is a Philadelphia Philly. And um, yeah, I mean, for me, Tim Anderson is the type of play. Trey Turner is the type of player that Tim Anderson wants to be. Yeah, and, and so th- it's right there for him. You see, Tim Anderson can do it with the power in 123 games, 17 bombs. Turner had 21 in 160. So Anderson has the power. We'll see. I mean, they're, they're, they're so close. Anderson could just walk more, but I mean, he said publicly he just doesn't like to and doesn't care. So uh, maybe he's when he's trying for a free agent deal, it'll be different. But coming in number one, the new San Diego Padre. Xander Bogarts coming in with 13 and a half points with the it factor, multiple time World Series champion with the Boston Red Sox. And last year was a great offensive season. The power went down 23 home runs to 15, but the average went up 295 to 307, played 150 games, 73 ribs, 377 on base percentage. It's the highest OBP of any shortstop, 363 Woba. It's the highest Woba. 134 waves run created plus second highest, uh, second highest OPS, only one behind Correa. And then the best defensive shortstop out of these three with a four DRS and a five OAA. But historically, I said we get to this. He's terrible. He was a negative five DRS and a negative nine OAA in 2021. And you could just keep going back yourself and look back. I mean, 2019, he was a negative nine in both. So. He improved, good for him, but we'll see. I mean, I think it's going to continue because he's going to be in between Machado and Kim, and those are two of the best defenders you could be in between if you're Bogarts. So I, I well-deserved, multiple-time champ, but Trey Turner's better to me. Yeah, I mean, and you're also talking, he was with negative six DRS Rafael Devers uh, and then what, Christian Arroyo and Trevor Storio, you know, over there. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's... It's definitely going to be a difference for him, and he should only be improved by that. Uh, but, yeah, no, not not number one, not number two for me. He's number three for me. Uh, and that's not even like I'm, I live in Bo- I lived in Boston. I know how all those fans think of him, uh, and I've seen him play. You know, he, he is a guy that, you know, you fear when you go up to the plate. But uh, still, he doesn't do it for me over the other two. And I think it's just because 
the other two are just so much, you know, I just would trust them more. You know, if I came down to it, honestly, if it came down to it right now, I'd probably take Correa in Game 7. And game seven, I don't know about that. I, I get it. I, I do. But Turner gets knocks. Turner does get the knock. If I guess if I needed the homer, if I needed a big yes. play, uh, two outs, that's the key. That's two outs, game seven, bottom nine. Uh, you know, Turner gets a base knock, and then what? Well, Kyle Schwarber comes up, hits a two-run bomb. Okay, uh, but no, I think it's it's really a toss-up. I'm I'm going Turner at one, Correa at two, and then Xander at three, and I think they're in a league of their own up there. And people are close, but you know, I definitely have them as the top tier for sure. I respect it. I do. I, I do. And and uh, my personal top ten, I've got Pena at ten. Adamus at nine, Anderson at eight, Bichette at seven, Dansby at six. Reason why I said his offense is overrated to me. Lindor at five, Seeger at four. I have him at four because I, I feel like last year it's the only year he's ever at two forty-five, and the shifts are going away. They said he's he's him and Rizzo are one of the top lefties that are going to benefit from it going away, and I think we're going to see classic Seeger this year going the other way, everything like that. Bogarts at three. Like you do, Correa two Turner at one. So we do agree with the top three. Do you have Seager in the top five, or do you have him? Do you have Dansby in the top five and Seager outside, or Lindor outside? That could just be bias. Um, yeah, no. I mean, I got Adamus at ten for sure. I'll throw Pena at nine. Why not? Uh, give me Tim Anderson, ah, dude. I like Tim Anderson over Bichette. I do. Good for you, dude. I really do. I like Tim Anderson over Bichette. Uh, so put Bichette at at eight, Anderson at seven, um, at six. Yeah, I like go Lindor. That's really the toss up there. Normally, I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go Dansby, but given the circumstances, uh, I'll, go, I'll I'll go Lindor at six, um, and I'll I think I'll take I'll think I'll take Seager over over Dansby as well. Uh, so Dansby five, Seager four, um, and then it's Xander, Correa, Turner. All right, yeah, pretty pretty similar top ten, and we both here are two just miss and shortstops a list where actually there's pretty much ten guys, and, and outside of that, you go to Wander Franco with the Rays, who he'll probably be here next year, and then O'Neill Cruz from the Pittsburgh Pirates. They both came in with two point five points as just missed, but. Wander's a guy that was really close for me, and he actually had a better regular season than Pena in much less games. But that's the thing, much less games, and Pena just won a championship and a World Series MVP. So even for me, like, Franco's probably the better player, but stay healthy and do it. And he's a switch hitter, and he's a stud. And then we all know Neil Cruz. Uh, he's six foot seven, the cannon of an arm. The defensive stats are through the roof. Him and Hayes on the left side of the infield defensively is insane. So, yeah, yeah maybe. Gavin Lux could crack in. Maybe. 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 Being on a good team, you know, he's going to – if he gets the everyday role at shortstop over Miguel Rojas, uh, I could see him cracking in. I'm trying to think. Is there anyone else? I was going to say Gunnar Henderson, but they're they're putting him at third, apparently, even though Urias won the gold glove. Yeah. I mean, Gunnar Henderson. 
is that what I sent you? They had Gunnar Henderson as like a top 10 third baseman. That will be nerds. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah. Not yet. Not even close. He hasn't played. No, no come on. Uh, anyone else? Am I missing anyone in like the West? Bobby, Bobby Witt Jr. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he could for sure. The thing with him, and, and <laughs> you'll probably laugh at this one too. I think he's in my. He's on my document somewhere. Damn it, I took him off. Bobby Wood Jr., he also has similarly very bad defensive stats as a shortstop. Yeah. And uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look him up now. But uh, he's a guy that he has the stolen base potential, the power potential, the prospect potential. So absolutely, he falls into that category with those guys. What, what the hell is it pulling me up here? What's crazy is that Tati should also be on this. Well, he's a right fielder. I know. If he wasn't, if he wasn't, you know, put to that circumstance, you would have him there regardless of his defense. Oh yeah, I used to have him at number one every year. I didn't. I didn't give a crap. But his offense, and Avi that's the Baez other thing. That list, huh? Huh? Avi Baez fell out of that list, huh? Oh, you, you know what? That's a good. That's okay. So. Bobby Wood, 254, 20 bombs, 80 RBIs in a rookie season, 30 bags. So, I mean, goddamn. I mean, you are you went 2020, really 2030 in your rookie season, 99 weighted drum created plus, so league average there. But the defense was really bad. So at third base, this is where they primarily played him. Or no, they didn't actually. They did play him more at shortstop. At third base, he was a minus four DRS and a minus three OAA, but at shortstop, minus 18 DRS, minus nine OAA. So that's got to be worked on if you're Bobby Wood Jr., but steals bags, power, ribbies. Yeah, no, they have them projected for fantasy, uh, projected to be number five scoring. The yeah, because fantasy, fantasy, yeah. Fantasy projections for ESPN go Turner at 507 points. And then look at this gap. Corey Seager at 487. And then Lindor, then Bichette, then Witt, then Franco, then Tatis, then Bogarts, then Correa, uh, then Dansby Swanson. Wow. They, still, they obviously still have Tatis there. I don't know why he's still listed as a shortstop, but um, that's that's interesting. And they have Tatis that with his suspension to begin the season, too. So they're yeah, projecting right. Bogarts and Correa to stink a little bit. That's kind of nuts. It's weird. But, uh, yeah, Baez missed 144 games, 238 with a 278 OBP, 17 over 67 RBIs, and 90 weighted jump created plus. So he, he just fallen off offensively. And then defensively, he had a minus four DRS. So that's what he used to be known for. Listen to this, 2019. When he was a shortstop with the Cubs, 31 DRS. Jesus. That is nuts. And a 31 OAA. Wow. Damn. How do you fall off? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, this is odd because uh, the the Fangraphs has him as uh, 2B slash shortstop. Interesting. 
So is Scope 1B and Miggy's DH? I don't know. Then they got Torkelson, the young prospect. Yeah, but nobody else. Uh, what about – oh, you know what? The Sorry, what? Top prospect entering the season? Who? Was Torkelson the number one prospect entering the season? I don't think so. He was up there, though. For them, he was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the other guy that a lot of people love, and I do want to give him recognition here, is and it's, you're going to laugh. Tommy Edmond, 265, uh, 13 bombs, 57 ribbies, uh, but 32 steals, 108 weighted drum created plus, so he's above league average. And uh, he's one of those sabermetric darling guys. Uh, you know, he had a 60 RS and an 11 OAA. So he had a really good defense and, um, you know, Korea just didn't Korea. get in with the OVP or any of that. But decent player. Tommy Edmund, Team Korea. For the WBA. Oh, yeah. It'll be real fun for them. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, a guy that you could walk by right now and I wouldn't. I'd care. <laughs> but a guy I wouldn't be afraid of in wiffle ball, let me tell you that. Uh, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good list. That's a it's, it's a tough list to crack for sure. Um, and I feel like you really got to have probably two good seasons. If you're outside this right now from what we have, like taking Ahmed Rosario, um, you'd have to have like two good seasons back-to-back to actually crack that list, I feel like. like you can't Agreed. Just have one. You can't just have one and then crack in. Uh, you would need those two. Totally agreed. And uh, just to repeat before we go, the show's top ten – Corey Seager, uh, excuse me, Tim Anderson at 10, Corey Seager at 9, Willie Adamas at 8, Jeremy Pena at 7, Bobachet at 6, Francisco Lindor at 5, Dansby Swanson at 4, um, Carlos Gray at 3, Trey Turner at 2, Xander Bogarts at 1. So next week, we are going to be doing the top 10 left fielders. And this is the first list I haven't even started on yet. So we, you don't have your sneak peek behind the scenes this week, Rory. Because I haven't even done it. So we'll, we'll get there. I know yours. I know oh, yours. I don't like the, you know, mine. I don't like that. <laughs> Ew. Ew. <laughs> I don't know. I, uh, you got number 10 and 9. Is that Hey, a- just add the pod right here. We Just you say an ew to my list. <laughs> Sneak peek. Is that how weak number... Is that how weak left field is that those guys are 10 and 9? Look at 9's defense uh, defense in the I bomb. Know, I know you love him. I know you. Uh, you he's a guy I sleep on, huh? Yeah, I wanted him. I wanted the Yankees to go get him. Wow. Nobody knows who we're talking about, and you won't. Until next week. Chris Bryant signed his life away, too. Oh yeah, and and him and Brantley were tough to rank because of their injuries. Yeah, I mean, if they played the full year, I, they would have been one and two, or not, 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 not with. So, by the way, that I would like to say. Last thing I will say, Jordan Alvarez. We are not putting him as a left fielder. He is a DH. MLB Network puts him at left field. I feel like with the universal DH now, there's enough DHs to put in the top ten um, to make a list. So uh, he does not play defense. Brantley does mainly. And, and even if they split time, I think Brantley's the better defender and, uh, and Juan Soto moving from right to left. We have Tatis as a right fielder, not a shortstop. So there you go. If you want to listen to this, uh, the other pods, 
check out this channel. You can listen to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and all of your preferred podcast platforms. You can follow us on Twitter at Strictly Sports P and Rory on Twitter at R10 number nine. And that will, and you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Productions. For Rory Tedimer, I am Jacob Brown, and we will see you next week.